dust shimmering through the filtered light through cracks between the rusty metal sheets constituting the walls dust covering the few tables and chairs which are not broken dust covering the bar the glasses and the few bottles of space whiskey that aren't completely empty behind the counter dust covering a hunched figure at the bar long black coat stained and dusty the only thing not covered in dust is a wrapped bundle about a meter long with two handles sticking out of it down by the feet of this hunched figure at the bar reaching a hand over the bar the figure grabs one of the bottles pours a little bit more into a muddy dirty glass in front of them and seeing movement out of the back room simply waves a hand that has clearly been practiced many times and the figure simply moves back into the murky darkness of the back room this dry dusty bar suddenly racked from outside with billowing dust seemingly coming from yet another one of the endless numbers of storms on this dusty world however the lone figure at the bar raises their head a little bit over the squealing sound of the wind blowing into this ramshackle bar through the holes on the walls the high-pitched squeal of an engine can be heard reaching down for the bundle beneath the bar this dusty figure pulls this bundle out and you can see on these two handles that are sticking out intricate swirling carvings this figure doesn't turn around from the bar this whining high-pitched sound slowly fades and the rusty metal door to the bar bangs open and a half dozen heavily armed and armored individuals enter into the bar and point their guns at the seated figure behind them enters a well-dressed individual who holds in his hand an intricately detailed envelope which we get a close-up of as the scene fades to black on this envelope clearly detailed is a symbol we have seen before the symbol of a starry night sky with a gray comet streaking across it and the letters a p t e good morning afternoon or evening and welcome back to one guy one role as always i'm your host player and gm hero cities this is episode 20 of iron sworn starforged where we are following the story of nikora sokolov and his uh, new companion petra as they attempt to get to some sort of safe anchorage after escaping from the bestricken space station known as prosperity with the ai subject alpha on board our little intro scene here has been a long time coming you might remember from a while ago journeyman sterling sending out one of his representatives in order to recruit the aid of a bounty hunter now just a little more background and world building for the most part planets that have been settled in the forge are generally hospitable to human life maybe not comfortable maybe not safe still full of various creatures or other natural phenomenon that are potentially deadly but very few settled planets except perhaps from the very first wave of migrations from the exodus have gone through terraforming terraforming itself is cost prohibitive and in a system with so many other planets available to them 
There's just no reason. Now, a lot of these first ships part of the Exodus potentially had some terraforming equipment on them, depending on what the ship was originally designed for. This strange, dusty planet that we have seen in the intro falls under the category of one of these planets, which has had failed terraforming done to it. It probably wasn't originally just a dry rock, but it is now due to some sort of issue that happened during this terraforming process from the original settlers. Getting back to Nikora and the Second Chance. Last episode, Nikora was stuck aboard the Second Chance as it is tumbling end over end, basically completely out of power and just on whatever trajectory it was left on, whenever it lost power, which appears to be taking them towards night side of the planet, where, according to a beacon they found, should provide them some sort of protection and shielding from the strange, chaotic, lowercase c, energy which envelops this planet effigy, and hopefully be able to restore power to the second chance in order to continue trying to find their way to some sort of anchor where they can replenish supplies, fix up the ship, maybe even recruit somebody to help repair Subject Alpha. With Petra having been put into a medical coma, Nakora was left as the only one awake on the ship with his now rapidly diminished oxygen supplies. In fact, the suit that he is now wearing has begun to flash that very familiar low oxygen light at him. After fumbling around in the darkness for a while, Nikora was able to get down to Fatty, his skiff, which is down in the actual cargo box of the second chance. He was able to remove the heavy and bulky battery core from Fatty, and due to the fact that there's no gravity on board the ship right now since they have no power, this reactor core was luckily insulated enough from the chaotic energy that washed over the second chance that it still has hopefully enough power and ability to help restart the reactor on board the second chance. And our episode came to a close with this universal radioactive symbol leading into the reactor core of the second chance. And we know that Nikora has to go down into this reactor room in order to have any chance of getting the system restarted. Before we get started, I just want to thank you all so much for taking the time to listen, and I really hope you enjoy episode 20 of One Guy, One Roll Plays Iron Sworn Starforged. So without further ado, let's get into it. Nakor stands in front of this heavy, thick, shielded reactor door on board the Second Chance, with his magnetic boots holding him to the hull of the ship while he pushes along this big, chonky, microwave-sized power core that he has retrieved from the skiff fatty down below. Now, without power on board the ship, do the generally locked areas become unlocked, or do they stay locked? I don't really know, so we'll call it 50-50. Do the doors automatically unlock during a power failure? Three. Extreme yes. So not only is the door to the reactor room open, as in it's unlocked for Nikora to gain access into, but the ship is equipped with an automatic system that completely removes the fuel from the reactor core during a power outage in order to avoid any kind of meltdown and also 
that means there's no danger in the room right now of uh, radiation or any other byproduct from this reactor core process. Nakora reaches out to this door, grabs a hold of this handle, pulls it down, and slides open the door to the reactor core. Inside in front of him is probably one of the few things on the second chance. Well, basically, it just looks completely out of place. It is a incredibly high-tech piece of equipment. I think all spacefaring vessels, at least the ones that are capable of entering into the drift, require an extremely high amount of energy. We've already seen what this fuel looks like, at least when it's been spent, because Nakora has a little chunk of it that's left over from the Exodus, which people of the Forge call iron. This thing is complex and intricate, and I think it's generally reliable as well. However, with that chaotic energy that washed across the second chance, sapping all the power, it now lays quiet and looking dead. Now, Nakora needs to do something in order to get this thing restarted. He has the power core from the skiff. Is it as easy as just plugging it in and going for it? I think Nakora needs to take a moment here. He doesn't have that much time, though, with that incessantly blinking light. But he can take a couple moments here to really observe what's going on here. And we're going to try and secure an advantage. So we're going to be using observation or expertise. Roll plus wits, which for us is a plus three. I have a plus one written down. I'm not sure where that's from and I can't remember. So unfortunately, I'm just going to have to erase it. However, with a plus three, that's not too bad. All right. On our uh, challenge dice, we rolled a six and a one. And on our action dice, a four, which is a seven. So a strong hit. On a strong hit, take both. Plus two momentum, plus one on the next move. I don't have... Any ability to take more momentum, I'm already at a plus nine, which since we are unprepared, is as high as it'll go. So Nikora takes a couple of minutes here to really focus on this reactor core. There's not a place where you can just take a power core, plug it in, and away it goes. However, on the back side of the power core, where the actual... I guess it'd be like a manual starting station, right? Where you can restart the power core for some reason, you know, it stops or it's going into maintenance or something, like a big circuit breaker, something like that, which has been flipped with the uh, overcharge or whatever happened to the system here. And there's, of course, the it's got to be some sort of power energy storage unit within the second chance itself in order to... It's just how things work. It needs a battery-like system. I think it uses some sort of spacey future energy storage. It doesn't really matter. However, taking the power core from Fatty, he can drain the power from that and transfer it into the battery system on board the second chance itself which can then be used to restart the power core theoretically my question is how likely is this to succeed nakora seems to think that this will definitely work so i'm just going to call it very likely that this succeeds without us having to do anything additionally 11. Extreme yes. So not only is Nikora able to utilize the battery from, or the power core rather, from Fatty, but it also doesn't completely drain or destroy or damage them. They should be serviceable to just kind of slap back into Fatty 
and away it'll go. So the car takes the next few minutes attaching wires and configuring the system the best he can on board the second chance to accept this power surge from the little power core from Fatty. Everything all hooked up, Nakora grabs hold of this very kind of similar designed circuit breaker system to what we saw on board the Prosperity. There's this handle, a little bit smaller than the one on the Prosperity, that you functionally use to kind of pump the system. Think like uh, like Jurassic Park, the first one, when Dr. Ellie goes down into the, I don't even know what to call it, the electrical substation and has to pump the handle basically to get a little energy system charged. That's kind of what it's like here as well. There's this panel which shows all the different various electrical subsystems on board the second chance and this this handle. And Nakora reaches out and starts to prime the system. And as this little light faintly starts to glow green, he pushes a button on the power core from Fatty. And this light on the power core itself turns fully green. Nakora primes the system in order to restart fuel flow back into the reactor core of the second chance. We are going to make a face danger roll. The danger here is I don't think Nakora's suit, as we've discussed before, is designed to withstand the radiation of the reactor core itself. I think he has specialized suits available in the little maintenance bay, but you can't just double up on them in times of the essence. So this face danger roll, which we do have a plus one from, from our earlier move, is going to be made with, well, it's either going to be expertise or speed. I think speed is going to be more important here. So that'll give us, with an edge roll of two, plus our one is three. Luckily, we have nine momentum if we need it because this is important to succeed on. And I'm glad we have it with our plus three. We got a two on our action dice, which is a five, which would be a weak hit. I'm just going to burn the momentum back down to plus one in order to make this a strong hit. So on a strong hit, you are successful and take plus one momentum, which will give us plus two momentum. So Nakora, fingers dancing over the panel like a pianist performing a work they've long memorized, flips all the switches in the correct order, starts pumping the handle, and the little meter on the power core taken from Fatty starts to deplete, and the meters on the batteries on board the second chance begin to fill. And at the appropriate time, Nakora starts to initiate fuel flow into the reactor core on board the second chance, hits the right sequence of buttons to initialize startup, and this distinctive electrical whine fills the room as this power core starts to glow. Fuel flowing in from the tanks, power initializing in the reactor core itself. Finalizing switch configuration, Nakora ensures that this power core from Fatty is on the ground, reconnects power to the system, and all across the ship, stuff that has been floating aimlessly around comes thumping back down to the deck probably breaking a couple minor unimportant things in the process, and the reactor core starts to glow and pulsate with power. And Nakora, disengaging the magnetic locks on his boots, makes his way out of the reactor core, securing the door behind him, and he's back in the little maintenance room, successfully having restarted the reactor. 
From this point, there's a quick montage of Nakora removing the suit he was wearing, ensuring that oxygen, environmental systems, engines, and everything else are appropriately configured and normalized, which everything is. He goes down to Petra, gets her revived, who is groggy and generally a little incoherent, but understands that things are back to normal. She kind of goes, drifts off back into a normal, natural sleep after complaining about strange nightmares she had in her sleep, kind of incoherently. Nikora takes a quick look at the diagnostics of the system and sees that Chance is still offline and is probably going to require a little bit more work, probably specialized maintenance in order to get him back online. But with everything reading green and the day side of the planet starting to come into view with those swirling blue chaotic tendrils of energy... Nikora takes a little extra time since he's now the one making all the calculations without chance to help. Plugs in the next set of coordinates, activates the Elodian drive, and Nikora, Petra, and the second chance slip away into the drift, leaving behind the chaotic blue, yet also deeply red planet of effigy behind them. And of course, that will naturally bring our scene to a close, and we will undertake an expedition for the next segment of our journey to try and reach an anchorage. This roll will be move at speed, since we had to get out of there before the day side energy had made its way around the planet. This is just a straight up roll. Let's see how Nakora did. We rolled a 1 and a 10 on our challenge dice, and on our action dice, we rolled a 5, so a 7 weak hit. On a weak hit, as above, so you reach your waypoint, envision the location, and mark progress. However, we either make a suffer move or face a peril. Since our reaching an anchorage challenge is troublesome, we mark three more boxes on our chart. As far as what else happens on this move, let's see if we can get some inspiration for what we find here. Let's just simply roll on the uh, descriptor oracle and see what happens. 46, fragile. We'll check focus and see if there's anything useful. 86, fragile technology. During the next couple of hours in drive space, Nakora simply can't let the ship do its own thing using the automated systems because the VI Chance is currently offline, so he's having to do all the monitoring himself of all the various parameters and performance of the engine and when he's actually supposed to exit out of drive space itself in order to arrive at the anchorage. However, due to the monumental amount of energy he's had to expand over the last couple of days, really, he hasn't slept. He has these big, thick, dark circles on his already tired-looking face, and he falls asleep at the controls. He nods off, watching the various swirling colors of the drift dance around the outside of the flight deck of the Second Chance, and he just nods off and drifts off into sleep. And while he's asleep, Camera looks down at the gauges on the instrument panel in front of him where he would normally be monitoring all these parameters and there's a pulsing red light warning Nakora. However, 
without him being awake and without chance there to prod him awake or yell at him, the proximity alarm automatically drops the second chance out of the drift and back into real space where Nakora is woken up by a sudden impact on the second chance itself. They've dropped out of the drift in the middle of an asteroid belt, and with this impact on the side of the second chance, leaves the whole deck reeling, and from down below the ladder, Nakora can hear, Nakora, what what the hell is going on up there? What What's happening? As Petra is clearly jostled awake from where she was sleeping down below. Nakora shouts back down to her. It appears as though we have ended up inside of an asteroid field. Hold on. And he disengages the autopilot and regains manual control. Starts trying to dodge and weave between this widespread asteroid field, which they have suddenly found themselves in. The red blinking light and the dashboard screaming about proximity alarms. Nakora has no other choice than to manually fly himself out of this predicament they ended up in. From that first big asteroid impact hitting the side of the second chance, it takes two damage, dropping down to two on Hull's strength. I don't think it did any particular damage to any systems on board, but it was still a fairly robust hit to the side. The second chance doesn't have any shielding or anything, so it just took it on the hull. We will try to resist the damage with integrity. Our integrity is now to uh-oh it was inevitable that our luck was going to swing around on us we rolled a three plus two is a five double nines on a miss it's worse than you thought suffer an additional minus one to integrity or two momentum we'll lose two momentum this asteroid field is a massive waste of time and the core is spending so much energy and time just trying to maneuver his way through these asteroids shooting the blasters and whatnot. And there's a, definitely a couple more glancing hits of these asteroids that he's just not quite able to avoid. And Petra's carefully made her way up the ladder, almost falling one time, straps herself in, and is basically just sitting up there screaming at Nakora about how could he fall asleep and let them end up in a situation like this, and that if they end up being pulverized by some asteroid, she's going to haunt him for the rest of his undead life. My question is, in order to successfully enter into the drift, do you need to be free from stellar objects, just like you have to kind of be at a proper gravitational point in order to have the Elodian drive successfully engage? I think it's very likely that you do. 58, yes. In order for the Elodian drive to engage, you couldn't do it in the middle of an asteroid field, for example, where the trajectory and trying to predict all of these moving objects would be damn near impossible. I suppose you could probably override the safety system, but not wishing to end up space dust, Nakora and Petra pick their way through this band of asteroids in an attempt to reach a, a space where they can safely engage the E-drive. Oh, and just uh, forgot to mention it, but due to the last scene pretty much being completely in Nikora's control, I have dropped our chaos factor down to five, so it's just baseline level. In order to test whether or not Nikora is capable of maneuvering his way through this asteroid field safely, we're going to face danger with mobility, so edge, which for us right now is a simple plus two. We got double fives on the challenge dice, and we rolled a six plus two is eight on our action dice. Strong hit. 
On a strong hit, you are successful. Take plus one momentum. And I think that the doubles in this case kind of overrules the doubles on our last roll, which I hadn't quite figured out what we were going to do. And I think that initially the system diagnostic on board the second chance was warning of a hall breach or something else of that nature, like a reactor core leak or something pretty bad. But after they are able to successfully maneuver their way out of this asteroid field with a lot of fancy flying by Nakora, at least that's how he would put it, upon further investigation, this supposed leak is actually not really occurring. However, both Nikora and Petra are completely drained. She's been yelling at him for the last few hours, and they're both just totally feeling disheartened and wore down. We're looking pretty bad. Food's basically run out. There's no more supplies to fix up the ship or anything like that. Functionally, the two of them are sitting down in the mess hall. Everything is in disarray from both having restored the gravity unexpectedly and this rather erratic flying that Nikor was having to do where the gravity system on board the ship tries its best to maintain it, but it does sometimes end up tossing things around when you make sudden control movements like during evasive maneuvers through an asteroid field. I don't know what to do, Petra, Nakora suddenly says, looking up from the very last of the Vitapro gloop that he's eating. I think we probably have one last, maybe two jumps in us before either myself or the ship just gives out. She looks back at him with her scarred face, even being able to portray the amount of exhaustion she's feeling with her eyes barely able to stay open. I understand, Nakora. I was on that space station for weeks alone, just myself, and I've yet to have a proper rest since then. We just can't seem to get a break. We need to reach an anchorage. We need to get this ship, she says as she sighs, fixed up, restocked, and we need to get some medical attention. Hearing the confirmation sounds coming from up the ladder from the flight computer, Nakora simply shrugs and slides the rest of his VitaPro across the table to Petra. Look, I simply just don't know if we can make it to the nearest anchorage I know. It's a long jump. We could certainly try. I fear what might happen if we fail. She looks down at the VitaPro glooping in the bowl, kind of pokes at it and takes some out and lets it gloop off the spoon back into the bowl, makes a disgusted face, plugs her nose and takes in a spoonful of it, gagging slightly at the gloopy texture. Look, Nakora, it's your ship. I guess I have to trust you. That her scarred face softens as much as it can with the burnt ridges around her eye softening slightly. I trust you now. You could have easily and probably justifiably spaced to me when I was asleep. But here I am. You do what you think is best. And for now, I have no reason to do anything other than follow you and trust you. Nakora, looking a little more heartened, kind of gives a weak smile and a faint thumbs up and starts to climb his way back up the ladder. So we just shared a little bit of an intimate moment there with Petra. So we're going to use the heart and move. Roll plus heart. Weak hit. We rolled a 6 on the action dice, so a 7, and a 10 and a 4 on the challenge dice. On a weak hit, as above, therefore we take plus 2 spirit, bringing our spirit from 1 to 3. However, 
The indulgence is fleeting, envision an interruption, complication, or inner conflict. Momentum minus one, which brings us down to zero momentum. As Nakora ascends the ladder back up to the flight deck, Petra scoops the last of the Vita Pro into her mouth and with a grimace swallows it down and says as the screen starts to fade to black, I sure hope I don't have to kill you someday. Thank you, thank you so much for listening to this episode of One Guy, One Roll. Without your continued support and willingness to listen, this podcast would simply just be me playing games with myself with nobody listening to it, which would be fine, but wouldn't have the motivation in order to keep producing these episodes for y'all to listen to. I had a great time making this episode, even though it was a little slower, I guess, than a lot of our other episodes have been, but really looking forward to getting Nakora, Petra, and the second chance into an anchorage and really being able to figure out exactly what we're going to be doing in regards to chance, subject alpha, and this ongoing background between Journeyman Sterling and Nakora and all of this other stuff. It's going to get really cool. All of these things are slowly starting to come together. As always, my goal is to continue to keep this podcast ad-free for all of y'all to listen to. And in order to do so, I would love to give a shout out to my Patreon supporters over on patreon.com slash one guy, one role, especially Journeyman West. Thank you so much for your support, you guys. And if anybody else is interested in providing a little assistance to me in order to keep this podcast going please head on over to patreon.com slash one guy one role and just give it a quick look over i really appreciate it that being said just taking the time to give this podcast a listen and a download is more than i could ever ask for from all y'all i really hope that you enjoyed this episode and i have been hero cities here at one guy one role signing off take care and stay safe out there y'all